Hi, I'm Janneke de Roy from the Netherlands, and you're listening to Above Ground Podcast. Disclaimer, the hosts of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. This episode is brought to you by Inner Balance Massage Therapy, located downtown Boston Spa. Inner Balance offers all styles, a long list of products, and relief from the everyday wear and tear. Call Nancy at 518-588-4949 or go online and book an appointment at www.innerbalancemt.com. Call Nancy and mention this ad and she'll give you $15 off. Nancy at Inner Balance Massage Therapy. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to... Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast, because you can't... Serve... Below... No, you cannot. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another fun-filled roundtable episode, because <laughs> tonight we are joined... At the table by none other than the voiceover smoothness of Jordan. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Hey everyone, it's your old pal Jordan. Back again to talk about mental health and mental wellness with my good friends Will and Tim. How are we tonight, my friends? Wow. Now, he's, he's, you got to say something. I'm not as enthusiastic <laughs> as you, but I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. Well, you know, that uh, was awesome. I'm just very enthused to be here at this table with you folks and to have this discussion. And what are we discussing tonight? Ah, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that really sticky substance called love. Ooh. <laughs> you, get, you get caught in some love, you might not know what to do with yourself. And sometimes you don't know what to do with yourself anyway. Hmm. Well, and sometimes you get caught in love by doing something with yourself, so you never that's know. That's not love, my friend. That's uh, something else. That's self-love, baby. That's self-love. That's self-love. self-love. <laughs> what were we going to say, Jordan? Let's talk about some self-love tonight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How about we talk about self-love or just love in general? Authentic self-love? Just or? start talking, man. We'll, we'll roll with we'll it. We'll roll with it. I love myself. How about you guys? <laughs> You're a liar. Next no, question. No, no, maybe not. So, have you ever heard of unconditional love, like the the love you have for a child? Yes. Okay. What about unconditional self love? Chew on that for a concept. I've been chewing on it for the last forty nine years, and I still haven't quite. I still haven't quite still been able to. Sour. It keeps regurgitating in my stomach every day. It leaves a, a bitter aftertaste. Do you think that it does. It, that yeah. is something that you kind of have as a child, and then possibly lose, and then have to regain it, or? I think you can learn the concept of love and how it relates to relationships from your parents and from intimate relationships you have with family members as a child. You could see how it works in a family dynamic, and then you can relate that in your later life to your experiences with others. Uh, And as far as it it relates to yourself, I mean, 
receiving adoration and praise as a child is a way to uh, gain confidence. And the more confident you are, the more you might love yourself or admire yourself. You can step back and look at who you are and be like, oh, um, you know, I'm proud of that. Uh, but self-love, I think, is something that everyone has. Obviously, we feed ourselves and put ourselves to sleep every night. So we take care of ourselves on the essential level. And isn't that love in itself? Or is that just survival? Oh, I think, well, I would wow. say I would there's say a lot a to chew on that yeah. sure. No, would... There's love there because you feed your children. You put them to sleep at night because you would wish the very best for them. As you would a, a pet, you know. Or a pet or, you know, uh, anyone. You can just choose, uh, fill in the blanks. But uh, unconditional self-love, I believe, is uh, the concept that I've been running through my head. Like, why is it that... Some people, not all, have a harder time loving themselves than others. And shouldn't your love for yourself be unconditional as well? Well, yes and yes. There you go. We're done here. <laughs> yeah, now I'm still chewing on all this, man. There's more it's heavy. There's more on this plate than on a friggin' Thanksgiving dinner. So to just be like, yes and yes. No. No, it's not that no, easy. It's not I that know, easy. It's not that easy, yeah. man. It's not we that easy. We don't have to get all phil- philosophical here. It's but not that easy. I, I'm going to take one part of it. I think if we're talking about self-love, I don't think we can talk about the family dynamic of loving your children. Because, I, again, I think everything is affected by your lack or your need for self-love. So... I don't necessarily, I, I can't equate unconditional love with making sure that you have, you know, their, their food on the table or like the, just taking care of needs. Cause as parents, we'd want to take care of the basic needs, hmm. but I, I think parenting brings out all of the things that we need to work on ourselves for. And I don't think that it's anything other than your greatest teacher if if you have the ability to take a second out of yourself to look at it as a whole and say, okay, because me as a parent, I know I've infected my kid with some of my own viruses like the virus of anxiety and and I'll say viruses because viruses we can we we have antibiotics for viruses we can fight our immune system gets better with viruses if 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 susceptible to them and I think that our ch- like what we mirror to our kids is what they're going to learn cuz they don't listen to what we say they actually pay attention to what we do Right. And they imitate your They your imitate qualities. it, how, yeah. right. But I don't necessarily think that by feeding them every day or whatever it is, that that is actually, I don't necessarily know if that's teaching them something outside of just that you have to eat every day. Hmm. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. It's been a long time since I've been a 10-year-old. Yeah, I think you might be looking at it in a different way, though. I don't think he was saying, like... Well, we're talking about self-love. Right. So the thing is, is that if, if we take it from the standpoint of, of looking at our children, because that's how we started this, like I can tell you this, 
having becoming a parent made me question everything I've ever known, ever learned and everything. And it made me start think, trying to figure out if I needed to, to think of things differently. Cause it wasn't, I mean, in all honesty, you know, my kid was nearly two years old and here I was thinking I wanted to die. Right. So like, again, I, I think like and Jordan actually had posed this, before our conversation, actually, we kind of got into this topic from like all these vantage points of love. Cause love is a pretty, pretty big ball of, of snow globe. You know what <laughs> I mean? There's a lot of snowflakes in there that you can watch fall in different spots. It's like a multifaceted diamond. It is. Yeah. It is. And love of self is super important. And we spend a lot of time talking about it. I don't necessarily, I, I, I don't know. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this, because... Which part? Just any of it. Jump in anytime. The well, water's warm. Um, <laughs> and we're I'm only more, in the two-foot side, because I can't reach the bottom. I'm more, <laughs> get your I'm water more, wings on, boys. Come on. I'm more curious to to not necessarily come to a conclusion or get an answer of, but the whole why... Because I don't think I'm alone in this, but why do we... We seem to show others more compassion or love than we show ourselves. Seem to. We seem to show others more compassion than we show ourselves. But the simple fact that you um, you care for your appearance and you buy yourself seemingly nice things and you have a comfortable home um, and you groom yourself, is that not suffi sufficient self-love? And why are we confused that there may be a lack thereof? Well, the, those are pieces of self-love for sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that's why I said seem because I think there's more to like some people confuse like when we're talking mental health, they confuse like self-care with, um, you know, just being an asshole. Like, well, I'm just going to shut everybody out, and that's my... I'm doing self-care. Like, n not really. Okay. So, let's say you have a relationship with someone, uh, Mr. X, and he has this personality trait where he shuts people out. You happen to love this person because of your connection with him. Do you forgive him for that personality trait? Well, yeah, I guess it depends on the situation, but I would... So, yeah. shouldn't you also forgive yourself for your personality traits, for your regrettable decisions sure. for you. Yeah, your... but it seems harder. Well, forgive so. forgiving yourself is one thing, but dude, you can forgive yourself for anything. Okay. But if you keep repeating something or keep doing something or keep saying the same thing and you just keep apologizing for it after it's done, it doesn't, it just, maybe you're an asshole. Like maybe, I mean, because if, if you do something that is wrong, that people view, and I'm not saying I, I like I didn't view is wrong necessarily. Cause I'm not sure. Like, but if you have a, a personality trait that forces you to blurt out, you're a dick to whomever. Mm -hmm. Sure. People can forgive that maybe the first couple of times. And then, then thinking that it's just a tick but you don't do anything to fix the tick by going to the tick removal class. Like it's again, you like intention is great. And, and I know that intention holds a lot of things, but if you intend to be an asshole, it still means you're an asshole. And so, so what power do we have as individuals to um, analyze our intentions and, and look at our behaviors and how they may affect others. And also every asshole who lashes out and, 
raises their voice in public at their significant other may be having the worst day of their life, or they may have a personal, personality trait they haven't yet confronted in a meaningful way. I So, yes, I agree with you, because right. I can tell you from personal experience, I was that guy. We've all been I there. was that guy when we were on vacation, like... When my daughter was probably two and a half, like I was still riding it really hard and I got really pissed off and I literally went off the fucking deep end in the middle of fucking um, Maine. And mm. I forget where we were exactly, but I, I've been on that street a bunch of different <laughs> times too. I'm not sure where in Maine we were, but it, we were there and I'll, I'll never forget it. It was horrible and I felt like an ass. But, but again, if I was to do that again, knowing the reasons why I did it then, mm -hmm. then I'm still an asshole because, because again, if I haven't done anything to address that personality trait mm. or done it now, granted, I mean, but there's people that may not be able to address it or I just, I think you can address everything, whether, regardless of whether you want to address it or there's always the right time to address it. You can always address everything. It's just not comfortable all the time. Right? It isn't comfortable addressing yourself or well, depends on looking yourself in the mirror. If you're talking severe mental illness, then I don't know if you can necessarily... Some people might not be able to address it. They might not be able to see it or know what's going on. That's up for consideration as well. Well, yeah. it actually kind of piggybacks off what we started to say mm. earlier, what you had asked, because Jordan had like posed all these questions, all these different questions when it came to love about loving somebody with a mental illness versus somebody loving you that has a mental illness or, and it, I, I, we kind of were at the point of saying, wow, that's a lot of stuff to chew on. So to cover it all in one episode would be hard because I think it's, I think it's difficult to love somebody with a mental illness. I think it's difficult to love yourself with a mental illness. And I definitely think it's very difficult to love yourself and someone else when you both have a mental illness. I don't think that there's... Because I think that that creates a, a, this whole other ripple of things that the average normal person will say doesn't have to deal with. Even though, as we know, like most people need to be in recovery from something, regardless of whether it's acknowledged or not. Mm. So I think that a lot of people, I would say the majority of us now, are probably anxiety-ridden about lots of different things. How can you not be in, in uh, modern times when we have uh, a thousand things to think about a second and uh, life is no longer as simple as it was even 20 years ago. Right. I, I, and I agree. I totally yeah. agree with you on right. that. And, and you that's... can lessen that, though. You don't need to, just because there's a thousand things, you don't need to pay attention to a thousand things. I, I agree. It's harder for some people to unplug themselves right. from, from the matrix, quote unquote, and to live uh, a, a simple life. Um, I find myself craving it, uh, let's say monthly. I, I don't necessarily unplug myself, but I return myself to nature and I have literally no agenda for like 24 hours. Sweet. And that puts me in a, a place of like, okay, now I'm longing for like, I'm craving this busy, like, gotta go, gotta go, let's get stuff done. I'm craving it. And then I just kind of sit with it like uh, I'm an addict trying to like come down from my drugs. And if I just sit with that discomfort, I find like after a while, I'm like, all right. 
Well, I think routine, I'm cool routines are safe now. for us. You know, we feel more comfortable as as growing up as children. They need like a, a routine. Right. You know, they learn better. They grow better. That's just it's it's like a safety well, thing. A routine is one thing, but um, you know, flagrant self abuse is another. For sure, running yourself into the ground intentionally right. when you see all the warning signs, and that could be uh, associated with a lack of self love. Absolutely, absolutely, right? If you absolutely. Don't love yourself, you're like, I can work this 16 hour day, and when I get home, I'm gonna eat uh, uh, processed foods, and I'm gonna stay up till uh, 3 a.m. looking at political stuff on the internet, <laughs> and you know how that story. I, ends. I personally think most people don't really have a clue what true love is. I think most people base it on who they think they are or who they want their partner to be, like a, like an image. Of of how you know things should be or could be. Some people are I- idealist. Yeah. Um, so so do they really love a person or do they love an idea or are they love an image? You know. I suppose that's up that's up for that person to decide though. I don't think that that I don't, I don't you you know again we can't really I, I don't know if you can necessarily. Like, I, boil love down to that. I mean, sure, you could, I suppose. But I definitely think that in order to really experience love, you there's got to be some... There's got to be some concrete, like, examples... Sure. ...of, of love... And I don't think that I, you know what, man, I honestly but don't know if those exist because yeah, again, they do. They do. I, dude, I don't know because know. I don't necessarily have, know. But if, you have to know Well, like someone can't say like, this is love. You have to go, you know what? I, well, you have to define I love. enjoy drinking root beer in the chill zone. Like that would be some people's idea of love. And that's not I love though. Well, if they that's love contentment. it. Who's, who, so what's your example of love? Did you grow up watching romantic movies and like, uh. Leonardo DiCaprio and and what's her face in the Titanic and their their love and compassion for one another was that your example of love growing up or was it watching your uh, mentally healthy parents um, fulfill their duties in a functioning household was that your idea of love some people's lo- idea of love can be skewed by their influences in childhood and adulthood and also their past relationships if you had mentally unfit parents then your idea of love can be distorted and unhealthy however you may have watched uh, family matters growing up and, and you see that healthy seemingly healthy so let's family say let's your- say that's the case go back to the unfit or well I don't know how you worded it the um, mentally unfit situation mm-hmm. how does a child come out of that and and learn self-love by finding other examples that they wish to adapt themselves to so it's yeah but children they have children don't and, have and, but children again though man you're you, like we're talking about children children well, like before the age of five don't ingest anything but what is already handed to them so and then you get between the ages of five and say I'll say 11 for the argument's sake, because mm-hmm. I'm trying to be very hopeful about puberty, <laughs> that, you know, before 11 or 12, okay, it's, it's, you've learned the first five years 
first five years before you say go to grade school and you start getting overtaken by your peers. Now, if, if you have not had a healthy, like again, healthy, healthy is all relative because people could say that yeah, if you I'm were not, let's say in general, I don't want to just, you know what I mean? I don't want to dig too deep. That's all. I'm just kind of healthy is on a spectrum, but let's say it's on the, the negative end of the spectrum. The situation, the example that we're discussing here. I think that kids can learn to love themselves if they have enough positive reinforcement of it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that there is enough positive reinforcement to offset all the negative shit that kids get in a dysfunctional home because... Again, you can't get it from your peer system because your peer system is you. And at that age, you're still, everybody's still learning. Mm. So, okay. So let's move it up a notch and say, what about when you're in your twenties? In your twenties for what? Learning how, how? Yeah. Where do you go? How do you? Now, that's a good question because some people need to relearn that as they become that's a young adult. That's what I'm adult. trying to say. How and they do you start forming relationships that? with their significant other. They might find a girlfriend or a boyfriend or, okay, let's just focus on, on a simple, uh, understandable concept. Young man meets a woman. He has a bad example of love in his childhood, and he wants to treat this woman with the utmost respect. However, he hasn't learned uh, the healthy way to love another. Until he decided that he wanted to, and he's 21. How does one go about that? Well, I think the idea of him wanting to is a huge first step. 100%. That's the most important part. And that's the most important part, because most 21-year-olds aren't thinking about love. But that's intention. Ah, yes. Well, that's that's intention, but that doesn't mean that it gets attention. Dude, intention is great. Uh, You just said it was great. You said said intention isn't that big. I didn't say it's not a a big deal. But intention only goes so far if you don't put any, if there's no practice behind it. Intention without a plan is just a dream or a wish. It's just it, well, it's just it's pissing in the wind. That's all, right. all it you is. Need, you need action with intention. I'm not yes. saying intention is everything, but you just said yourself. Like if intention starts, intention starts, intention starts the ball rolling, and attention brings it back. So all of us here, we're sitting here in our 30s and 40s, right? How do we tell that 20 year old, 21 year old man how to? What do we say to him to begin him on his journey of loving others and loving himself? In a healthy way. If I'll tell you the truth. If I could go back to my 21-year-old self right now and look at myself in the eye and say, Billy, you know what? You don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. And until you truly learn what that is, you're not going to be able to have a healthy relationship. And it's, it's then, and then I would also hand a couple of books and say, these are books that were written long before. And these are the, this is the start. But you, again... Like I like I couldn't pull myself away from any relationship in in my teens or because I was so afraid that nobody was gonna love me hmm. at all that at twenty one dude I had no right being in a in a relationship with anybody I was better I should have just stayed with being in a band because it would have been easier because then I would have been able to say to myself then I gotta look at myself but if somebody could have if me myself could come back to my younger self and I would be like. The thing that you have to understand is there is no love for you at all until you learn to love yourself from where you're at right now. 
You have to accept everything and be responsible for everything that's come in, everything that goes out. So you would demand a bit more emotional education as well as critical self-assessment. Yeah, we, we don't have emotional. There is no such thing as emotional education. But, well, that's a journey that you take on your own. There, but, there isn't a class for that in high school or but, college. But, but you can see it. Mm-hmm. And everybody you walked past on the street, you can see it in our interactions everywhere. Yeah, we, we don't, don't focus on we, we focus more on test scores and, and it's not and dude, brain it's, IQ. It's, it's not, not even just it's not IQ. even just it's not even just education though. It's like when we get out of school, we think we've already learned. That that and it's it comes back to mindset. And it like me too, man. First day, like if, if I don't know how to do something, I still it still throws a trigger in me that gets mm. all upset because it's easier for me to be pissed off that I don't know something and waste more time than it is for me to actually sit down and say, okay, maybe I can learn this. Well, now we're talking about the opposite of love. Right. Fear, we're talking fear about right, fear, which, yeah. is the, which is the only real, that, which is really, there's only two choices, love or fear. The and everything is fear. Yeah. Everything is fear-based, regardless of whether it's not loving yourself or fear of the other or fear of the unknown mm. or fear of fear of your process being blown to smithereens. Sure. I, th- I guess. At least that's what I've come... That's what I'm coming to learn, anyway. I feel like there's something in the middle, though. Between love and fear? Yeah, there's not just love and fear. Indifference. But like, indifference is a fear. Indifference. If you're indifferent, then you're making the choice if, to be indifferent, so that you, so you're actually acting out of fear. You're well, not acting no, out sometimes, of love. Sometimes you have to admit you don't know how to feel, so you choose not to feel. You can disassociate and be like, hey, "This situation is too heavy." All right. So what if what if what if I know, without a doubt, that you're a toxic person, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be around you? You could. Is uh, that fear? There is a fear of yes, so it, it 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 is fear, but it also may, as a consequence, be a sign of love for yourself. Okay. If you choose not to uh, drink poison, it's because you want to live. If you choose not to associate with toxic personalities, then that's because you don't want to adapt that toxic personality. So that personality. would be more in the love category. That would be a a, a love for oneself and a boundary uh, a, a, to separate yourself from others. Right. Uh, I wouldn't I, say it would necessarily be hate because i don't think that well i know that's why i was just thinking there's i feel like there's something in between that that's all yeah it, it would be love on one end hate on the other and indifference somewhere in the middle okay um, i still think in my own personal opinion i still think that indifference is more on the is, hate side is, of things is, is 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 more on the fear side of things fear. i don't like to use the word hate because i've i've used it very 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 much in my life and i'm like where I hate peas, or I hate this, or I hate this person. You don't want to give the word any more power. No, I don't want to give any of those words yeah. any more power than they need because so they have a lot peas? of power. <laughs> no, I don't fear them at all. Uh, but I'm. But what I do know is is that I love myself now more than I ever have, and holding on to useless shit right. is 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 not serving me. Right. It's just not. It's just not serving me. So, but I. But I held on to shit out of fear that I wouldn't be the same person if I didn't have this hate or if I didn't have this indifference okay. or if I didn't, or if I, you know, did you know, cause what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I say to myself, I forgive this idea or I forgive this incident or I forgive this person because you know what? In truth, we all have a part to play in all of it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, 
Like the, the only way an idea continues is if there's enough people to continue that idea. So why continue an idea of hate and fear when mm. you can, when you get more with sugar than you do spice, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's uh, something you learned with your uh, life experience. It is, and, and it's 20, hard. And it's hard. Twenty-one-year-old Billy didn't know that. No, twenty-one-year-old Billy was yeah. angry and yeah. mad at the world, and yeah. you know, and felt entitled. Quite honestly, and I think that's part of our big problem too: is that we feel entitled. We feel entitled to be happy. We feel entitled to, you know, to have what we want when we want it, and then even like, like we're just we're full of entitlement. Well, and entitlement is a side effect of youth. I don't necessarily think it's a side effect of youth because I see an awful lot of entitled grownups or supposed grownups <laughs> that culture that's yeah, still it's that, a culture. It's an identity. Yeah. I, it's like it is. It's a cultural identity. I think people of this. throw the word around far too much. Entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, we throw the word entitlement when we talk about government programs that help the poor. We throw entitlement around. When we talk about teenagers, mm -hmm. and again, we're we're shortchanging teenagers by saying that they're entitled because we're not really looking at it from their from their eyes. Because mm -hmm. I wish somebody, I wish an adult had said to me when I was eighteen or nineteen that wow, when I was eighteen or nineteen, it was like this. But I can understand why you're mad because of this because mm -hmm. that's another thing too is that like i i hate hearing grown-ups say and that this is what's one thing i do hate i hate hearing grown-ups say oh what do you know you haven't had any experience in the world because the truth is is that there's a lot of kids out there who have to be the grown-up in the house there's a lot of kids out there who yeah, have to grow up that's situational though there's some it's kids, not situation it's still it is. still comes you're telling it, me you're going to take advice from a, a 14 year old kid Dude, uh, I'm going to tell you one thing. That's if, cool. If 14 hey, year olds, some 14-year-olds have a better head on their shoulders than half of the people that I sit with in rooms right, half the that, time. I get that, but that's why it's situational. You can't. You can't use it. You're, you should it, be prepared to accept anyone's perspective. You're generalizing also, like a group of people that say that. I, I I think there's there's certain cases where yes, absolutely. If you take a kid that stems from uh, uh, a decent you know, uh, intact household that has um, pretty much entitled written all over it. And then you put this person in there, they're yapping about the world and how the world works, like, and you're young and you haven't really experienced it. I would absolutely 100% stand by that. By that, they know by how that. their world works, or at least they think. They well, they do. know how that right. right, right. But that's not how the world works. That's how your world works. Like just like it's, you, that's your reality. It's not reality. Yeah, but that doesn't mean as a grown up you know any better. That's because you. it's I'm, still your reality, and it's still only your world that uh, works that way. But you deal with your perceptions be, that come from experience. Only, only when you're full of yourself enough to be like, well, I know better because I I've it's lived this. Though, no. let's hey. admit no. No, no teenager knows better. They just know what they know, and they, if they, should, they, they have I, ideas that should be heard. Absolutely, but at the yes. same time, to like say, you know, if if you've been, uh, you know, woodworking for 10, 15 years, and you have a kid that read an article on the internet, right. and he's now the spokesperson of woodworking, right. there might be something a little, fun, okay, you know, so time invested in, into any area of expertise is worth acknowledging. So if there's a young man or a woman who's sent, spent 16 years learning how to play guitar and they're a virtuoso, I would listen to them when it Absolutely. comes to how to play guitar. But just well, you know? hold on. but being an expert like again though, you like be there's no person on this planet 
that that we know that is an expert at anything. They may know a lot about a certain thing, okay? But not everybody knows everything about everything. You may know how to you may know how well, to do something meant, like expert at that specific. But right, but even mm. because but again though, if you look at language, expert means that you've learned everything there is to learn and there's nothing else to learn in that specific thing. There's always something else to learn. There's always another tool to add to the tool belt. There's always another fucking spike for the for the shoe that yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like yeah, I, I agree, Will. I, I think that you know what you know, and I know what I know, and Tim knows what he knows. Right, and, and together we, we actually might know, know a lot more. of stuff, and we might know more. Be a- actually able to do something that's like pretty cool, and that's the beautiful thing about inviting ideas into your life from people you might not necessarily consider to have the right information you're looking for. To talk, right. I, I, have dialogue yes, with people absolutely. who are younger than you, older than you, less knowledgeable, uh, all sort, all over the spectrum. You can talk to anyone, and if you're willing to accept what they have to say as uh, you know their level of expertise, then you might actually learn something. Or you might actually learn something about yourself, or you might learn nothing at all. I think that's the big. No, I think you always stand to learn about yourself. Right. I don't to learn out. I, I to say I've learned nothing at all. It, sure. I've learned nothing at all about everything that I've ever been in would be false because I think you can. You have to be open to the learning. You have to have that mindset of growth and not not right. this fixed mindset right. that everything is you know this way. So what would you? If you could look at your 21-year-old self. Oh, well, I would encourage uh, kindness and patience with yourself and with others. And uh, I, w- I would uh, I would say to myself, my younger self, I would need to slow down and take your time. And that r- rushing in to the wrong things can set you back further than you'll ever know. And as far as love is concerned, um, love is a healthy thing. If love is a healthy thing and it doesn't have to be a hurtful thing, love, as it turns out, can actually hurt the wrong kind of love. You know, I had this discussion with someone recently that it is possible to be loved too much. It's possible to have a um, an overbearing parent who um, shelters you and protects you and puts you in a shell and cocoons you from being exposed to life and being exposed to adversity. So would that be love, though, or would that be more of the fear? I think if I think about... When I think about my past, I think I was sheltered in an abundance of love and therefore denied my life's experience in some ways. I see what you're saying. my, My life experience was limited up to a point until I broke out of that so-called cocoon of love with a, with a big question mark. Was it love or was it possession? Was it protection? Was it suffocation? I think it's possible that love can be a very powerful and almost hurtful, toxic trait mm-hmm. in some people. Yeah, I'm sure it's also possible that some people in that situation may not realize you know, may not realize the power of it and may not realize they're, you know, using it to, to install fear, fear, Hmm. you know? I, I definitely think that a lot of people act out of love, but it's, it's, it's one of those, it's almost one of those codependent 
sort of things where mm. they feel that they're loving you by protecting you, but yet they're instilling you with fear and they're instilling you with mm. the, these doubts. And I, again, you know, unfortunately, and I think this is why that saying about not taking anything personally and, and understanding that, you know what, everybody does the best they can with what they've learned mm. up to that point. And again, which is why it really calls into question that the only way that you can actually love anybody, including yourself, is to know yourself and to be able to stand up, be able to stand up and take that dive, man, to jump off that cliff to say, okay, why do I really feel this way? And what, like, what am I saying to myself that I need to say to myself? What am I saying to myself that I don't need to say to myself? And I think that it's really important to take a step back and be like, I don't know most anything outside of me except for my own experience. And I think that you have to start looking at your own experience and start using it as your own university. The you university. Right. Right. <laughs> nice. um, are you going to hang out for another episode? I would be willing to consider that. All right. Awesome. Dude, we've had a great time this week with with Jordan. We're probably going to have him on for next week's episode, too, or in a couple weeks when this next episode comes out. So uh, don't forget, smash the like button, all the notifications on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, go to Close Knit and pick up yourself a T-shirt or hoodie, man. Uh, and uh, PayPal, that's how you can contribute to the show. And uh, until next week, uh, be well. Be safe. Be, be above. above.